Welcome to Do It For The Gram and Enneagram podcast with your host, certified Enneagram coach Milton Stewart, where we do it for the Enneagram, not Instagram. We make moves to improve our lives and those in our community. I am so excited to be here. If you could see my face, I have a really big smile on because the guest I have today is none other than Catherine Grant. You know, sometimes in life, there are people you meet kind of for the first time you just resonate deeply with. It's like, I don't know, we just like kindred spirits in a certain way and you connect in ways. It's like, wow, that's absolutely amazing and incredible. So I'm super excited to let you all meet Catherine Grant. She's been one of the people who has been supporting, helpful, caring, connected, checking in, setting straight, everything for me uh, quite a while as a seven would definitely need and have help with. Finding help for your mental and emotional struggles can be challenging. With so many barriers like cost and even feeling safe looking for a counselor can be tricky. So I know it's hard. And you know, the worst part is you really don't have the time or mental space to be trying to figure out how to find a counselor when you're having personal struggles. So thanks to BetterHelp, they are built on making counseling accessible, affordable, convenient so that anyone who's having struggles in their life can actually get the help they need at any time and anywhere, which is so important, especially now. All the professionals are licensed, trained, experienced, and accredited. And what I love so much about them is that they have a diverse group of counselors with a broad and various amounts of different backgrounds to help all their different clients. If you need some help, try BetterHelp. You can get a 10% off discount from your first month when you go to betterhelp.com forward slash do it. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com forward slash D-O-I-T. So, Catherine, can you introduce yourself? Sure. I'm Catherine Grant, and I am actually very excited to be here with Milton. I've known him for several years. We've worked together. I have watched his progress in his Enneagram offerings to the community, and also his personal growth. And it's fantastic to think that maybe I pushed a little button that sent him in a, in a good way. I appreciate his humor, his honesty, and his willingness to learn more about the Enneagram to help himself and to help the other people that he knows. So I am happy to be here. I've studied the Enneagram almost as long as I've been alive. No, that's not true. But for a really long time, um, 26 years, I think, is is coming wow. up my anniversary. So it's changed, and I've changed. So it's exciting. And I'm glad to be here, Milton. So why don't you hit me with some questions? Yes, let's do this. So leading into exactly what you were talking about, how did the Enneagram find you? Well... In 1994, which is almost before you were born, um, (laughs) (laughs) 
I know that's not true, but it's a, <laughs> close enough. Close enough, close. right? It is close. Um, a friend of mine, we were in Southern California at the time, and she said she was studying to be a spiritual director. And she said, I need to take an outside course offering. And she had decided to do a four-day immersion experience with the Enneagram. And she said, you're coming with me. And I was like, uh, 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 what? I am? What's the Enneagram? She goes, oh, you'll love it. Just just come, you know. So I thought the four days cost like $40 or something, which, wow, you know, when you have a bargain, you have a bargain. That's true. So we went and it was four almost complete days. And we also drove back and forth. Now, if you're not familiar with Southern California, it was about rush hour, about a two hour drive each direction. And so we not only had tons of time in the classroom, we had about four hours a day yakking about it. And I fought being a seven. I just thought, no, that no, no I'm not going to be a seven. That's too frivolous. So I tried other things, none of which worked for me. And people kept saying, you're a seven. I was like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. And um, the woman I was taking the course with is also a seven. And she said, you're a seven. So I think it was maybe the third day before we went into class. They said, when you come in, you must declare your Enneagram type. Now you can change it. But then they divided us up with a stack of papers that were specific for each type. And I walked about 10 feet into the room, started reading the top page, and I thought, this was actually in a Catholic retreat center. I said, these nuns have bugged our car. <laughs> How did they know this stuff about me? <laughs> and, and I thought, they've bugged my bedroom where I'm talking on the phone, you know. And it was at that moment when I said, I have to stop fighting this and start immersing and learning. So that was, that was huge. And thank you, nuns. That was great. And that was the beginning. And from then on, it's been just learn more, do more, see more, feel it more. But that was that was that thing of being so found out by people who didn't know me. And that's, I think, one of the things that often happens when people start the Enneagram. It's like, how do you know this? How is how does how does this list of characteristics fit? There must be some validity to the system. That's what I kept saying. This must be valid. It just must be valid, you know. And, you know, 26 years later, I'm going, you know, it just must be valid. That's how I got started. Very quickly, I started doing workshops, knowing very little, but more than the people in my workshop. I mean, is this like a seven? Right, right. <laughs> so then I thought, well, maybe I ought to get some more intensive training. And one of the people that I had encountered said, well, why don't you try Jerry Wagner's course? And so there were lots of things about it. I liked his books. I liked the fact that it was a concentrated effort and that it was deeply psychological which appealed to me very much. So I took the training in 1996, I think, or seven, huh. one day, other day. And now I co-teach with him in his training and certification, 
which is an amazing, amazing opportunity. And it's where I met you, Milton. Yes, it is. So, yes, it's been uphill ever since. And yes. I- <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm curious with the um, first of all I guess the nuns didn't bug y'all's car which is good well maybe I don't know but if they did they helped uh, <laughs> I'm curious what was part of the um, fight you had against being a seven what was part of the fight you can't put me in a box ah uh, mm-hmm. yeah and mm-hmm. don't we hear that all the time is you know there's nothing no I'm not like everybody else and on and on I thought everybody else should be like me, which made perfect sense. But (laughs) (laughs) but I didn't want to be like them. So I think that was that point of, and I tried on other styles. Mm -hmm. First I went to four because I always felt so special. And then I sat down with people who are fours and I, I thought, I don't even speak this language. You know, they are so amazing, so, so, so everything I'm not. So I very quietly, and we were encouraged to get up and walk. There were like 150 people in this course. Wow. So the the type of like groups were huge, which was great because you got a lot of, a lot of variation, but a lot of people in every type. So I stood up from the fours, you know, waved goodbye. And I thought, okay, I'm an eight. So I... (laughs) <laughs> Went over to the eights, and I have a lot of eight energy and can draw up from that when need be, but they scared me. So I left that group, and I thought, okay, absolutely, I'm a one. Now, as I have discovered, my father, two of my brothers, and one of my sisters-in-law are all ones. Wow. So in many regards, that energy is very comfortable for me until it's not. So I sat down, and this is now like 15 minutes or so into the time that we were allotted. And I sat down with the one group. They had not started yet because their scribe was lining his paper using a slide rule for a straight edge and he, because he wanted to take neat notes. And he had a pocket protector. No, no, yes, yes, no. um, So I ran screaming from the room because that was so typical of how I grew up with that kind of precision and has to be done this way and all that stuff. So I thought, okay, 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 I'll be a seven. And then we all went to the snack bar, we went out to the pool, put our feet in the water. We ate Snickers bars and we had, yeah, we had like um, a half hour, maybe, or 45 minutes to answer these questions. And about 10 minutes before the bell's going to ring, somebody said, You know, we probably ought to answer these questions. And boom, boom, boom. The, the whole group of sevens just came at it, got the whole job done. But then because we were outside in the pool and the snack bar, they lost us. They couldn't find us. We're like, yes. <laughs> so those are the kinds of things that both set me apart from the, the styles that are really not mine and help me to find, begin to find and address some of the issues of sevenness that I really need to wrestle with 
and it seems kind of light, you know, whether or not you like Snickers bars, but it was a start for me. And so I can go deeper and deeper and do other kinds of things. But yeah, that was fun. Mm. And they kept saying in the, in the group, they kept saying, these are men and women religious. And I thought, okay, I don't know what that means. So they were mostly priests and nuns. And my seven group was so much fun. I thought, oh, this is great. And then I found out they're all priests. The nuns were from around the world. And we were all sevens. Yeah. Was, oh, my goodness. It was wonderful. It was a wonderful push into deeper right. understanding of what was going on. I think this is what people who are listening who may not have been to a conference where you're able to have a type go and be with type groups. I think this is one thing I miss the most about this current time, you know, climate of pandemic and social distance right now. I miss being able to get those groups together because it becomes very apparent if that is not your type. It's like uh, very apparent. Mm -hmm. And this, okay. And this all kind of leads to, this is, this is wonderful. This all leads to like how, we really met and had a conversation. So, <laughs> so there's a lot of things going on. So with the Spectrum Enneagram, I was learning from Catherine and uh, Jerry. And first of all, I don't know if people understand how my sadness manifests itself sometimes in classes, but I'll let you tell a little bit about that in a little bit. But I remember coming up to you because we had a type groups and inside of my type group, there was a particular person that was not of mm -hmm. our type. And it was bothering me in mm -hmm. so many ways. And I was like, oh my goodness. And part of me wants to just go, just say it, just bust out and be like, you're not a seven, you know? But then I was like, that's probably not the best thing <laughs> to say. Right. And right. it could be damaging to this person. I don't know. And um, I came up to you and I said, how do I address this? I don't know how to address this because I really want to say something and it's like really bothering me, but I also don't want to hurt this person's feelings. And you were like, how about you phrase it as a question? You know, have you considered this type? You know, I see some things that are connected here and it just like helped my mind so much to be He's like, oh, that is a better way to approach it. How about I frame it as a question yes. uh, and, and do it? And so that helped me so much. But I just love because I was able to like, it's like you understood me. And I think that's what I appreciated the most. She was like, I get it. Now let's approach it in a way that's actually beneficial, you know? And so I really appreciated that uh, for sure. So with this question, what was your first impression of me in that class? <laughs> now, for those of you who are listening to this, I actually asked Milton when we were having a phone conversation a week ago, do you really want me to tell the truth? And he assured me that, yes, I should tell the truth. Now, we had a fairly good-sized conference room, probably 50 in the room, something like that. And Milton was at the very back, close to the snacks, you might, yeah. you might note. He was dancing, and he was jiving, and he was laying down on the floor, and he was standing up, and he was wiggling, and he was doing this little step back and forth. Now, I'm in the, I don't think people noticed it. But I'm at the front and I'm trying to, you know, be sort of the expert here. And there's this guy in the back who's just going nuts. And so I finally just thought I have two choices. 
I can just relax and go forward, or I can go back there and slap them around. But I did notice that there's a difference in our height um, <laughs> and, and probably athletic ability. Yeah. So maybe going back and slapping him around was not the best tactic. So Milton settled down. I settled down. We met several other times in other situations. And I think we've come, both of us, to a realization that we had that experience so that we can be here for the other in a real honest way. I get it that it's hard for Milton to stand still. I get that. And it's hard for me as a mother and grandmother to not want to go slap him around. I get <laughs> it. But that's not going to accomplish anything for the two of us. So it's been really good for us to appreciate and support the other for who and how they are rather than bring forward all of those ram, 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 ram kinds of things. So that was my first experience with Milton. <laughs> it was a, uh, it was so interesting. I, I just remember at this time I would say, well, I definitely would say I wasn't as somatically aware or had the tools and resources yet to work with my somatics. Cause I remember I was definitely super, super wiggly, super dancing, super laying on the floor. And a big part of it was, it was like, I was ready for more material mentally. Like mentally, I was like, come on, let's go to the next thing. And so someone would ask a question that would slow down things, in my opinion, that I was like, maybe they should already know this answer. But, you know, I am not them. They are not me. Uh, (laughs) So so it it was a lot of sadness like going on. And so in order to not uh, be distracting, one, I sit in the back of the class. Two, I'm self-pressed, so I want to be near the exit and the food. So it's both of those, like protection and can I get some food real quick? And right. also, I don't want to distract people because I know I'm going to be moving if like I'm not mentally like super stimulated. So I was like, oh, my goodness. So that was a big part of the locomotion of my body that I know you and Jerry had to be like, what is going on with this guy? <laughs> We just felt really, really privileged that you had shown up for us in such a sincere and honest way. Sure, we were. (laughs) were, I mean, after we were together for five days. And so you start to to have a different relationship with the students in the class, even though there's a bunch of them. And, And your exterior and behaviors changed and my responses to them mm-hmm. changed. And we really, by the end of the week, we were meeting in a whole different way. Yes. Understanding each other more. And I thought, yeah, that's a seven. All right. I mean, I can, <laughs> I can feel it. I can feel it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. When you started speaking, I was like, oh, I like this energy that I'm hearing right now. Oh, it's like, oh, <laughs> she's a seven. Oh, I'm liking this energy. Okay. Now, now we're moving. Oh, I'm listening. All right. I, I really enjoyed the the change of pace that you uh, brought because I was like, oh, yes, nice. And I enjoyed the way that you communicated and the way that you present. So that always resonated deeply with me. And it definitely shifted the way that we communicated because, right. you know, yeah. I was I was able to calm down some and I, 
throughout it, I asked you different questions. I would come to you and be like, I have a question, you know, because I just, I felt you understood definitely what was happening inside of me. Like, right, <laughs> right, yep. Yeah. It's it's so I really appreciated that. And something I also want to thank you for here is um, you, you checked on me during like last year, 2020 pandemic. Um, we have some of the strongest racial tensions that's been in this country in a long time. And you checked on me. So I really want to thank you for that, um, you know, because that was that meant a whole lot to me uh, and I needed it, to be honest. So I really appreciate that. Most definitely. I was glad to do it. I think very highly of you and I don't want you disappearing in any way, shape or form. So um, I was glad to reach out. I was actually getting my helicopter ready to (laughs) (laughs) come and pluck you out of the mess if necessary. But yeah, I mean, it's what we can do for each other. So you're more than welcome. More than welcome. Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Are you wanting to share the Enneagram better with those you care about? Are you ready to take the personal growth that you have to the next level, like really transform your life? Are you looking to learn the whole Enneagram and not just a small part? Well, then you should sign up for my 12-week program that meets on Thursday nights and explores the Enneagram in community. It's called the Kaizen Career Complete Enneagram Program. And so some of the benefits include you'll be more confident in your Enneagram knowledge. You'll be able to better catch mistypes. You will understand what you need to do in order to grow now. You will develop an Enneagram growth plan for yourself. You will have a thorough knowledge of all the components of the Enneagram, enabling you to better share it. And then you'll understand the other types on the Enneagram deeply, not just stereotypes. And one of the best parts is that you'll work in Enneagram groups with people from around the country and maybe even the world. And also, last but not least, somatic exercises to help you embody the different Enneagram types. If you're interested in signing up with one of the cohorts that starts in either January or August, you can sign up at kaizen-enneagram-community.mn.co. Once again, that's kaizen-enneagram-community.mn.co. Or you can go to the link tree on the IG of the Do It For The Gram Instagram page. And you can also click the link there to learn more and to sign up. I look forward to seeing you. Have a wonderful day. And so I I have a question around, you've been doing some different things on different networks online and some different areas of the Enneagram. And so like, can you talk about maybe what areas lately that you've been exploring with the Enneagram? Sure. One of my favorites and the thing that I think is, is very profound is Mario Sikora's work with a new way to look at what is ultimately still going to be labeled subtypes, even though it's totally different than what you and I originally learned and how it happens and all that stuff, but that it's a group of behaviors that keep us safe, keep us, you know, in communication with other people and to go forward as human beings, that those those areas, the and I use the verbs. I think they're much more accurate. I like I use the the preserving, the transmitting, and the navigating. And I early on noticed that I was social, um, <laughs> but I would read a book and I'd get to the social and I'd think, oh yeah, like two sentences out of this description actually fit me. It meant something to me, were helpful to me. The rest of it was like, I don't do that. That is not me. 
So when we came around and Mario shared with us, I don't know, maybe five or six years ago, the idea of social is navigating. And when I heard that word, it was sort of, you never have that experience where all of a sudden, there it is. There it is. Now I've got it. So I think that is a huge contribution to the Enneagram community. And I am looking forward to it becoming a bigger part of people's understanding, um, I think it's much more accurate and helpful because it's something you're doing, not anyway. That's enough. Get <laughs> 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 myself in trouble when I keep going. So um, I think that has been a big part for me. The other part is kind of looking at I don't know how to say this that, that it's a. Dale Rhodes helped me with this yesterday in a in a class, that it's a possibility of a via positiva, which simply means that the positive way to go forward. And from my standpoint and my understandings and experience, it feels like um, potentials, possibilities. How else can I look at this? What what can I do differently? in a way that moves me forward. And that's not always the impression you get with Enneagram, um, which can be, in Dale's words, and I'm so grateful for him, the via negativa. You were perfect once, now you need to get back to that by dropping things and removing, and I'm out. That doesn't make sense to me. So I think that's a thing that will become a bigger piece of Enneagram teaching and study is how does this really work? Who are we really? How much is instinct? How much is genetic? How much do we have control over? I read a book a couple, well, it's probably a month ago and I read it like overnight because that's Mm -hmm. the kind of reader. Oh yeah. We get excited. We will go in. Yeah. I read and it's called the nine sapiens and it goes way back into the historical beginning of we human sapiens, homo sapiens, to just sapiens. And there were nine types. I don't like that word either, but there it is. People were doing things to keep the tribe alive, keep each other alive, survive and thrive doing things. And the idea of the sapiens is that we have these behaviors that help us. And they came from way, way ancient times, way before 1900, you know, like 70,000 years. That's a bigger number. You know, I think it's a grand theory and it's a nicely written book. I think there's more there and they, we will hear more from both those two authors and from other people as they look at this in a little different way. And I'm always encouraged that people, well, I say, look, look with new eyes at something. Think outside the box, you know, but there it is. You know, I've been told this and told this and told this. And what else? And I look, my granddaughter, when she was little, I would explain something to her. And she'd say, and what else? <laughs> I don't have anything else. She That's it. That's I it. Know, that's it. All done. And what else? <laughs> so, but that kind of intense curiosity that she had as a three-year-old, a four-year-old, 
serves us well when we learn something as powerful and dynamic and growing as the Enneagram, that as soon as you say something, I can hear in my head, and what else? And what else? So to Haley goes all the glory. I mean, why not? She's now 17 and <laughs> has, has learned a lot about the Enneagram on her own and a little bit I'm from her grandmother, of course. But um, I think that's the attitude. How else does this really work? Do we need to stay right here with what has come down to us? Yes. And what else? Because as we learn more about physiology, about brain chemistries, about histories, about all those things, we need to, in my opinion, we need to incorporate that in what we know, what the Enneagram holds for us, and how we help other people to learn from it. So that's kind of my biggest kick right now is, and what else? <laughs> yeah, there's another book that's very interesting, The Seven Mm, seven things about the brain that we don't know that are new mm. discoveries about the brain. And it, and I thought, well, that's going to be a little technical. So it took me two days to read that. Mm. I know, I know, but there's interesting things in there that we've been handed this concept right. of the brain and the mind and how does it work and everything. And it's like, okay. And this is like, well, well, how else? Is this really true? Let's look at right. it again. And I think maybe that's becoming my mantra more than anything else is how else can we look at this? And it is ancient wisdom. You know, I, yes. teach, I teach a workshop on a, on a book by Homer, the Odyssey. That's a long time ago. And he did not necessarily know the Enneagram. I'm certain he didn't. But he understood humans. And the way they go and how they get through life and wrote this incredible poem about Odysseus and his trip home from Troy. And it still makes sense today. It is a, a wonderful, wonderful book written by Michael Goldberg, my friend and colleague sometimes when we actually talk to each other. <laughs> but I, I use his book a great deal. And because it, it, is so amazing and people are amazed at the story and how we show up in that ancient story. So that's, that's kind of what I do. Yeah. That's not a little bit at all. That's, I love it. I absolutely love it. That is. <laughs> yeah. And I had to take a breath, so I had to stop. Um, that was, it's so juicy. Go ahead. <laughs> So the other thing I do, can I say more or do you have a question? Go ahead. Go ahead. Go for it. Okay. The other thing I like to do is to tell stories, short encapsulated stories that are either fairy tales or myths or from different cultures or from our culture that show people caught in the kinds of things that the Enneagram points out to us and how they get out or how they get super stuck. So in oftentimes a story gives us a different kind of wisdom, a different kind of thing we can look at. I have, you know, a list of 15 favorites, which doesn't sound very much like favorites, but... For seven it is. <laughs> That's right. I'm just getting started. Thank you. Right. 
That's right. I actually have 35, but I didn't want to say that big a number. Um, <laughs> myths and fairy tales. And, you know, I did a thing, The Three Billy Goats Gruff, which mm. some of us in the United States grew up knowing or hearing or whatever. It is actually a Norwegian fairy tale myth. And um, it makes a lot of sense because there's a lot of bridges in Norway. Maybe a lot of trolls. I don't know. But anyway, we brought <laughs> <laughs> I've never been to Norway. But bringing that idea of the goats had to get over that bridge to survive. The trolls said, not on my watch. And so how did they deal with that? And the story and the challenge for me is... Where is our troll? How do we stop ourselves from going over the bridge and not only surviving, but thriving? So that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> but we, I, it was at a conference and people were drawing bridges and trolls. I had troll cutouts and we were putting them up. All, and, and then they explained what they felt was their troll mm. about themselves. What is my inner troll? And I think it's a... It, like so many other things, it's just another way to look at it. It's another way to right. kind of bring it inside here instead of here it is in a book, which is good, but oh well, you know, let's get let's get the gutsy stuff going. So that's the other thing I am. I'm a storyteller. Oh my goodness. I love this so much. So much came up for me, like while you were talking, how much I remember. I don't know. I, I was doing my best to be present to everything you were saying. <laughs> so I remember most of the stuff I was thinking because like, ooh, ooh, ooh. One of the things I, I love that you said was just about the different perspectives and asking deeper questions. I I messed around and I've been reading a little bit of a uh, little bit of Gurdjieff a little bit. And that's just got uh -huh. my mind all in a whole nother place. They talked about I was reading about worlds within worlds. And I started to think about like our human world and then like the organizational species world. Then I thought about our planet's oh, world, yeah. AKA this, AKA the solar system. I thought about the sun world, the, the Milky Way. Then I thought about what about the Milky Way's world? Then my mind was like, okay, that is too far for me go. right now. Here we go. Like, let, me, <laughs> let, let me turn on the TV or relax or something because that is literally blowing my mind. But I found it really incredible because it is that deeper questioning, new perspective, looking at it from a different lens. Like, whoa, okay, I've been looking at it from this really small lens, like through a straw, when actuality, if I just move the straw, there's so much more there that, you know, that we can be curious about, we can try out, we can be fascinated, we can start to overlap the Enneagram and all these new scientific studies because they go together because, like you said, and this is what I'm also finding out more and more of, just the ancient wisdom that lies with, since people from beginning of time, the, the few people who've had it from the beginning of time, blessed enough to pass it down. And so, you know, right. many of us could be able to access it, you know, pieces of it and be like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. So like, you know, it's not that, I wouldn't even say it's that things just make more sense, but they come together in a way that is, I guess, holistic uh, and unifying. You know, and it's like, whoo, okay, yes. Like I've seen patterns, I've connected things, but I have not, you know, experienced it or seen a word, a word, a word combination that makes it make sense like this. Like, oh, okay, whoo. So I, I absolutely love that. And I think I've also, we talked about this on the last phone call. I'm just at a place right now where words are so interesting. You talk about like using verbs 
to actually better describe what's happening um, with specific types. And I've just been so fascinated lately with words, the use of them, neither the exactness of them or the mushiness. Yeah, the mushiness, like because there are certain things and that's probably why like a verb may even be a little bit better to describe it because it's more fluid than very specific because humans aren't very consistent and specific, even though we have a pattern, we still can look extremely complex and different at any point in time, even when we say we are for or against or whatever or something. 30 seconds later, 30 minutes later, we can look totally different. You know, and be like, oh, no, I'm, I, I would never. You know, it's like, sure, you just did. Um, <laughs> right, you just did. Right, yeah. So I, I just I just find it so fascinating. So I love everything you were you were just saying. Then about storytelling. So being self-praised or preserving seven. Yes. Oh my goodness. I find it and transmitting or sexual being my lowest one. When it comes to telling stories, I've just come to a point where I appreciate it more because I I appreciate how it connects better. Like you, you talk about it connects differently and it does. It hits at a level that practicality does not. And so to be able to do that is a gift and it's something that I'm working on because it infuses in a way that I just can't explain with words, to be honest, but you feel it. You don't just like, oh, I can do this. You, you feel it in a way that shifts something inside of you that allows you to make behavioral shifts, you know, in your life. So, yeah. ah, I just think that's rich. That's, uh, mm, mm. yeah. Well, and you know, I think we can all, going back to three Billy Goats Gruff, we can all have, can identify a little bit with the goats. You know, they have to get over the bridge and they deceive the troll and they lie and they do all this kind of stuff. But do we identify with the troll? Mm. You know, how does, Mm, how does that come in? How do we do that? And I think stuff like that can just shift. And there's another metaphor, if I might. I totally. think most of us, when we're working with the Enneagram, we want to narrow down. We want to have laser focus on the stuff about our Enneagram style. So it's a little bit like taking a telescope and looking through the big end <laughs> and looking at specifics the little tiny end which says okay here's all the little things about you you know yeah. all right you got it next and if we turn that around and start at the telescope how it really works it opens things up it brings so many more things into focus so the idea of literally turning your focus around so you can see bigger, you can see more, you can see deeper. And with that, there's more shades of things, there's more um, depth, and we're less likely, I believe, from that place to get caught in the typing of other people, which I think ought to be punishable by death. <laughs> but that might be a little severe. Just a little bit. That's not what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. It's how do we find ourselves? What do we know about ourselves? How do we help other people find out about the stuff that's cooking within them? So, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Can you, can you hear my phone ringing? Oh, yeah. It's totally fine. 
It's totally cool. You just you're so important that you know somebody had to call. You know, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I totally agree. Oh my goodness, I totally agree with that. Helping people to look inside because that's just where the my goodness, the most amazing, richest, beautiful, challenging, fascinating things is when we really look inside to ourselves. And so helping helping people to be able to develop that capacity for themselves is the is the gift. I'm I'm doing some work with some organizations and you know, helping them to look at themselves. Like it's a and it's blended with DE and I work, right? So now we really right. looking in. Yeah. So I don't know. I just I love that so much because that's what it's really about. And it's not about getting getting constricted to this is my number, this is my type. And it's like And you go over there and behave yourself, right? Because this right. is me. Yeah. It's the trap. Oh. It's it's the trap, you know? Yeah. Uh, yes, it is. Um, so are there any things that um you have coming up that you want to tell people about to sign up for, to be on the lookout for anything you have that you're presenting, teaching, working with, supporting, anything like that? Huh. Well, um, (laughs) I think the biggest thing that I encourage myself to do and therefore everyone else who's involved in this, a powerful tool and map is to stay open. Michael Goldberg talks about one of the myths of Perseus and he has to go and slay Medusa, who, if you look straight at Medusa, she's going to turn you into stone. So now think about that in terms of your fixation. If you look straight at your fixation, you get turned to stone and you get stuck there and you do it more and more and more and, you know, more constricted. But if you look at your fixation from the angles of your two wings, there's great resource there. I know, I know. Ooh, okay then, I like that. All right. Mm. <laughs> mm. That, that for me, the six and the eight help me with my fixated seven. They help me. They help me move away from it. And one thing, I hope I can say this, is that starting next year through the Journey Center, I'm going to be doing nine workshops over the year, basically looking at how else can we look at this? What are other words? What are other feelings? How else can we apply? How else can we use this map? Do we need to refocus the map a little? Move it out, move it in? Those kinds of things once a month. So I'm going to be doing that with the Journey Center in Santa Rosa, California. Um, and also probably with somebody else on the East Coast, which I'm not going to talk too much about that because it's not solid, solid yet. Okay. But I think that's the kind of thing is like, and what else? And what else? I think we have to keep growing with the Enneagram, not bastardizing it, not ruining it, which you hear like, well, that's going to change everything. Okay, good. You know, <laughs> let's change everything. What? Nothing's wrong with that if you're a seven. Yeah, they're um, right. <laughs> so keeping in mind tradition and history and longevities and where this all came from and what else. I think they go hand in hand. And so I, I encourage anybody who's looking at the Enneagram or teaching it or podcasting it, keep, keep open. 
you know, no matter how much you know, you don't know it. And see what other kinds of knowing arise in you and how else it can be applied and how else you can help other people. It's really an open book in my humble estimation. <laughs> you say humble so strong. <laughs> in my humble. <laughs> That's right. Make sure you get that. Yes. And of it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yes. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. Yes, for coming on. This is this has been great. I'm thrilled. I've been smiling the whole time with my big old cheeks right now because I'm extremely happy and feel joyful right now. Yeah. Just talking with I you. Do so too. I, I do too. I love this. And the chemistry of the mental, like the way that you're working mentally and speaking. Oh, I love it. <laughs> so thank you so much. I'm gonna make sure that all of like the information for the Journey Center shows up in the notes for this episode okay. so that people right. can click on it. All right. 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 Okay. Um, yeah. thank you. Thank you. I've enjoyed every minute. Thanks yes. so much. Yes. Take care. <laughs> Yes. And if you are feeling like your type structure is going to make you do something crazy, take a deep breath. Think about what else and do it for the gram, the Enneagram, of course, and make a better choice. We'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Bye.